Welcome to the Platform Podcast. On this show, we're trying to educate you about the American college system. We're going to be having college coaches and student athletes joining us, talking about the experiences in America, and hopefully by the end of the show, you would have taken away some amazing information. Enjoy. Thanks. Thanks for being here. Um, I really appreciate it. What I'm doing at the moment, um, Ashley, is going around and just interviewing some top programs about the about them uh, the, not the program itself but the coaches and like who you are and where you came from and what sort of um, background you had going into tennis and what you're trying to do and what sort of players you have access to and hopefully by the end of this chat you know we would want to share it with the academies and the top players that we work with so they know a lot about you guys and what you're looking for and the culture fit etc and so sure. yes, I just, yeah, I just feel like there's not enough people that are educated about the college system. And like, I mean, take take my situation, for example, like when I was going through the process, I was in my senior year in high school and I had not done the eligibility requirements because I didn't know about it. So right. that's what prevented me going to the US. It wasn't the level that I was at. And so there's a lot of top juniors out there that are jumping on the ITF tour and playing some futures and they're not doing the base core requirements. So if I can educate them a little bit earlier, this opportunity for them opens up um, because I think it's such a great opportunity going to the States. Yeah, right. So, well, and, and, and if you make a mistake in grade nine, I mean, it, it hurts you. And, and yeah. who's really thinking about college? I mean, I know I wasn't when I was 15. Yeah. So it's, yeah, I mean, you got you got to be careful because that, that stuff can get you. Yeah, for sure. So I thought I'd record this conversation and then upload it to our various channels like the YouTube, Spotify and Instagram where people can tune in and listen in. And um, I mean, I think you're such a great product off the college system. I mean, for those that don't know Coach Fisher, you know, now he's currently at USF, but he's had such an amazing playing career. Not only was he a two-time All-American and finished number one in doubles in the college system, he's also had 41 appearances at Grand Slams, including going to semis at the US Open and two quarters as well at Wimby and also at the Australian Open, which is just mind-blowing. So, Coach, thank you so much for being here. We really appreciate your time that you're giving us. I just want to get into it, first of all, by just asking, how did you get into college, or not college tennis, how did you get into tennis um, from the get-go? My parents, um, they both played a lot, grew up in Australia, just really into a lot of sports as a youngster. And I was fortunate that we had a tennis court in our backyard, had a natural grass court. Uh, which soon transitioned into a synthetic grass court. Just the, the maintenance became a little bit too much for my parents. Uh, but, yeah, they, they both played. And I was the youngest of, of three, and my older brother, older sister played. So, um, yeah, it was, I, I have memories of, of sort of a five-, six-year-old just dragging the racket out, and, and the rest of my family would be playing. They were all older, and I'd just be on the side of the court just kind of hitting a ball and chasing it or hitting against the wall. Um, and it just sort of evolved from there. I, I wasn't – and I, and I don't think back then it was a little bit different in the sense that now I think young, young kids are almost kind of bred to be athletes. Yeah. And, you know, I just don't think that that was happening quite as often when I was young. So I, I played a lot of sports. I, I probably played more table tennis than tennis until I was about 15. 
and uh, at that at that time, I sort of got more serious about tennis and 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 started playing more and started traveling more. Um, but it was again, it was it, it was um, you know, there there weren't there wasn't this sort of global tour that that is around now. I mean, if you if you were the top in your country, maybe you'd get picked for a national team and you might go away to some slams. I was never quite at that level. Um, so as far as international tennis, you know, that, that didn't happen until, until I went to college and, um, and even that just, just got, I got very fortunate. I, um, this is pre-internet days. There, there wasn't a lot of information and I just relied on my mum to, to write a lot of letters and, and who, who knows if, if they even got there to, to the coaches, but I didn't get too many responses and my parents were pretty avid skiers and they they would go to Colorado every year and they had just um, stopped by um, Colorado University uh, in Boulder and met right. the coach there and th- that was pretty much my only sort of offer um, and I was all set to go there on a 10% scholarship um, and, and then at the last minute something must have opened up at TCU and um, and I was able to go there, and just really fortunate to to be part of an incredible program. I, you know, I, I was just I could have just been flying throwing darts against the wall. I had no idea where Texas was, where I was going, um, and they at the time were a top fifteen program. And and you know, just I often think about this sliding doors effect, and just you know, people you run into or a result here and there, and just how different your life would have turned out to be and I was extremely fortunate to be on a team with uh, first of all just a bunch of just really good guys that just we had a lot of fun um, but um, they a couple of the older guys that, that had graduated ahead of me were already playing doubles and were already sort of out on right. the tour yeah and this just provided a lot of a lot of guidance for me a lot of belief that you know perhaps I could do it just just because they were doing quite well um, and I, it just made it a little more tangible because I felt like my, my college career was comparable to theirs. And if, if they were top hundred in doubles, you know, it just sort of gave me a little belief that it might happen. Um, and then they also told me sort of how to do it. They, they, they really encouraged me to get to Europe and, and play a lot in summer when the, the calendar is a little more condensed. And, um, and, and, and so, yeah, they were always there just kind of to, to offer advice and support. And I think that's important. I think, you know, everybody sort of needs somebody that believes in them and then somebody that, that can guide them a little. Do you think that the way the college system set up with like how tennis can be such a lonely sport, especially on that pro tour as well, when you go to college, everything's about the team. You do things together, as you said, you know, you're pushing each other, et cetera. Do you really think that was the thing that helped your professional career, like made you to that level? Yeah, I, I mean, I've often wondered about that. And I think just not having a lot of expectation helped me. I, I was very aware that I was spending my parents' money and I was fortunate that they were affluent enough to be able to afford it. But I, I said to myself, at the end of each year, I'll, I'll sort of evaluate my ranking and just kind of see where I'm at. And, you know, so I wasn't, all I was concerned about was just going up, just, you know, just little tiny baby steps. Um, and it was a lot of fun. It was an adventure traveling around the world. I was pretty, pretty brave with some of the countries. I was willing to kind of go anywhere. Um, and yeah, so I, 
I wasn't one of these guys that's, you know, had my eye on the top. Um, and, and so I always felt like I was getting momentum because my ranking was going up. Um, and yeah, that just, that, that helped me. Um, I, I found there was a lot of camaraderie back then we were playing satellites. So it was, it was a lot of fun because by the end of the four weeks, you know, you've developed some pretty good bonds with your competitors um, just from spending a month together. And it was amazing just how many, how many close friends that I have now that I just met at an airport on the way to a tournament, you end up rooming together, yeah. you know, maybe playing doubles together. It was it, it, now with all the technology and how easy it is to be connected. It's, it's hard to even fathom how we, how we even survived um, because I remember sending faxes to friends and asking doubles partners, you know, via fax. And, you know, it's like, you didn't want to play. And the guy's like, I never got, I never got it. Um, but yeah, somehow we made it work and yeah, it was, I, yeah, it's just a lot of fun. I think that, you know, I've, I've been listening to Ash Barty interviews the last couple of days and trying to, you know, learn from sort of her, it's such a great story. And I, I think that's one thing that they really did well is they just, they just prioritized having fun above everything else. And, and the minute it wasn't fun for her, she stepped away. Um, so I think I made it about, about having fun. And it, it sort of, it works against you a little bit as well, because, because I wasn't somebody that dreamt about getting to the top. I also, I feel like I didn't give myself access to that either um, for, for quite some time. Uh, it wasn't until a good friend of mine, Stephen Huss, he won Wimbledon in 2005 and it sort of came out of nowhere. And, and he was a guy that I was, I'd played doubles with. I'd, you know, he'd beaten me, I'd beaten him. You know, I felt like we were comparable sort of careers and he just won a slam. And it, it hit me that I've never even thought about winning one of these things that you know, if I made a, a third round or something, that was like a win. Um, so after that, I just, think I gave myself access to to more I just was willing to actually say you know I want to go and win the Australian Open um and I you know I never did but I the next year I don't think it was a coincidence that I, I made a semi in a quarter after watching the Hussey do that so um I had I had parents that were were, were so aware of not putting pressure on me I think they went probably a little too far the other way just um but you know that's they're, they're doing the best they could, and they they saw that as you know the, sort of a way to protect me, um, just by by alleviating pressure. And I yeah, I think perhaps perhaps that helped as well. Um, it, it enabled me just to look at look at it through this lens lens of this this is just a great adventure. I'm traveling around the world. I'm making friends. I'm having fun. And it's you know I think it's if you're in that sort of mindset where you're enjoying it, it, it lends itself to playing better tennis. I mean, as I mentioned, and as we just discussed now, you know, you had such an amazing college and professional career. I mean, you reached, I think, number 19 in the world in doubles, which is amazing. And now you're back, you're at USF, you're, you're the division one head coach there. How come you went back into college tennis? Was that just a big passion of yours? Did you like the college system that much? You just wanted to give back? What was the reason behind that? Yeah, not not really any of that. Um, to be honest, I was I was almost having a midlife crisis. I was um, so I, I stopped playing in, in around 2011, and um, did a little bit of coaching after that. 
but I just, I felt like that that wasn't fair to my wife. We, we had two young boys at the time and, and, and to be a coach is just as much of a travel commitment as a player. Right. So, you know, my wife's put up with this for you know, 13 years. Um, and now that's going to be my next career. Just, just, I was just tormented. I just didn't, I loved it. I always, I love the tour, but I just felt like I needed to be, be there for my sons and my wife. So I, I couldn't really solve the riddle then of finding something that I enjoyed. And uh, it was in 2015 that the USTA put on a nationwide wildcard tournament for the US Open. Uh, the winner got a wildcard into singles qualities and main draw doubles. So I, I played with a, with a friend of mine, Nathan Healy, and we ended up losing in the final. It was, oh. it was kind of pretty disappointing, but the whole the whole process was a lot of fun and yeah. we played some money tournaments preparing and it it just gave me a purpose like it from from the time you kind of win your little regional to the time you go and play for the actual wildcard there's about three or four months so you know that i just remember being so excited and and enjoying that period so much and and my wife overheard me talking about uh, I was think I was talking to Colin Fleming, who's a who, who was a British doubles player at the time, and I was saying something like, you know, stay out there as long as you can because, from my experience, whatever you do next isn't going to be as much fun, and and that's my experience from friends of mine that have retired as well. I, I, you can never speak for everybody, but um, and my wife overheard it, and and she said, if you feel like, you know, there's, there's something left, if you feel like you want to go out and play again we'll make it work. I'll support you. So I was sort of in the process of doing that. I'd played a couple of futures and was getting ready to come back and, and who knows where that would have gone. I just, I just knew again, and I was going to have a lot of fun doing it. And I think, I think we all as athletes wish we could take what we know now and put it in the 22 year old version of ourselves. So, you know, whatever happened, I knew, I wouldn't have any regrets. I just was going to go and, you know, have exceptional work ethic and just, you know, do everything that I'd learned and apply it. Um, but, you know, realistically, it, it wasn't going to last long. Um, and then I'd be back where I started, you know, sort of struggling to find a job that I was passionate about. So it just, at, just fortunately, the USF assistant position opened up and we're pretty ingrained where we live. We're sort of, I can't see us moving when I'm, we're not one of these families that's just going to take a job in California. Um, you know, my, my father-in-law has moved to be close to us. Our kids are in a great school. My wife has a business. So USF is probably the only school sort of geographically close enough to where we are. Um, and even that, it's about a 50-minute drive. Um, but anyway, got... Got, got fortunate just that that opened up, started in, in spring. Um, the, the previous assistant had left in the middle of the year. And, um, and, I, and I loved it immediately. And, I, and I, I, I sort of reconnected with a couple of guys from TCU, Devin Bowen yep. and David Roditi, and they were my teammates. And, and Devin had just gotten into college coaching. The year Cam Norrie actually went to school, that was Devin's first year. And so I, I had been hearing a lot about college tennis through Devon and, and seeing how much he was enjoying it. So, you know, it, it was, it, it was in my mind that it, it would be fun, 
but I just, you know, I wasn't sure how, how to get started. Um, so just, yeah, just very fortunate. And then, and then Matt Hill left after, after one semester, he went to Arizona state and just in the right place at the right time. And just really fortunate that the administration you know, believed in me and, and was, was able to promote somebody that had four, four and a half months experience. For someone that has never been to USF before in their life, what is it like over there? Um, you're, you're asking me what it's like because you've yeah. never been there. Um, yeah. It, yeah, it's it, US colleges vary in size, right? I mean, you can have a small private school with four or five thousand, or you can have a huge state school with 40, 50,000. And we're, we're on the bigger end. Um, yes. I think we, we have. We, there's a couple of different campuses. There's a St. Pete campus, uh, a Tampa campus, and, and a Sarasota campus. But um, I think Tampa has about 40,000. So it's it, it's huge. I mean, it's almost a city. I, actually, I remember going to orientation and, and the line stuck out to me that the only difference between a city and USF is that USF doesn't have their own fire department. So they have, they have everything else. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's, and, and that's what struck me as well, coming from Wollongong as a, as a student athlete as well, just, just the sheer scale of everything in the U S it's, you know, I grew up and, and I'd go to the Sydney cricket ground and I'd watch, the Wallabies or I'd watch the Aussie cricket team or, or a grand final in the, in the rugby league. And you'd 50,000 was, was a sellout. That's the biggest stadium I'd ever seen. And even, even Melbourne park from a tennis center perspective only had about 18 courts at the time it's grown much since. So to get, to get to TCU and, and they have 32 courts, six indoors, a football stadium that holds 60,000. It, it was just mind boggling to me. Um, and that's, you know, USF is, is pretty similar. It's just, it's huge. I mean, it, I, I tell, tell recruits that it, it's like professional sports. I mean, you're coming here and you just, everything is, is sort of, you know, divided in terms of the, the, the labor. You, you know, you'll have somebody for weights, you'll have somebody for fitness, you'll have a, a, a mental skills person, you'll have a dietitian, a massage therapist, you know, like you just, the, the, the resources that you, and this isn't USF, this is really any, any college. They're all, many of them are like this. Um, it's just, there's so much there for, for a, a young 18 year old athlete to, to really just make the most of it in four years. And, and really just, you're, you know, you can become as good as you want to be really. So you've traveled around some of the most amazing sporting venues in the world. I mean, I just watched, you know, the final at Wimbledon last night. You've played there. You've played at the US Open. You've played at the Australian Open. You know, in comparison to some of those, like, athletic facilities, like the gyms and the recovery rooms and stuff, is USF very much on par with that, that kind of thing? Like, the, the, what would you call it, the facility-wise? Like, just how well they're put together? Um. Actually, our our tennis courts aren't aren't quite as nice as as many of the schools we compete against. Uh, we do have plans for a new facility where we're fundraising at the moment. I I believe that will happen in the coming years. But um, yeah, right now it's it, it, it's not as nice as a, as a Florida, a Florida State, a Georgia. I mean, there are some iconic uh, institutions um, in in college tennis where you. You're playing in front of thousands of people. We're 
wear a little more blue collar, but that, that sort of, I've always kind of felt like I'm an underdog, you know, they sort of the Rocky Balboa kind of theme really resonates with me. So I, I take pride in kind of going up against the bigger schools and bigger budgets and nicer facilities. Um, you know, having said that, I, I can see the appeal to a beautiful facility and, and big grandstand with packed with fans and, and hopefully we get there one day. But, you know, I, I, I'll say to recruits, you know, what, what's your priority? Um, you know, if, if it's facilities, you know, when, we're not the right school for you. But, um, you know, we, we try to pride ourselves on, on relationships and the sort of care and coaching and access to us, you know, where we're available year round um, the NCAA puts sort of limits on, on how often you can work with the student athletes, but they can, they can request work during summer. They can request work during the December break. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's sort of where we were part of our philosophy is just to, is to make up for lack of resources with, with sort of relationships and, and just caring. I mean, if I was looking for a college program and I was a serious tennis player, I wouldn't be so much be looking at, you know, which has the flashiest gym or, you know, courts or anything like that. I'll be trying to find out where's the best culture, number one, and number two, where's the best person that can develop me. And there are things that you can learn from like a manual and there are things that you learn from experiences. As And from a playing perspective, you've seen some of the greats like, you know, Federer's, who, who was coaches, you know, he's a former top pro. Uh, Novak's coach is a former top pro. Andy Murray's coach, et cetera. So you see where I'm going with this. And so, you know, your athletes are very lucky to have you on board there. Do all of the athletes in your team have aspirations to hit that futures tour, the professional tennis tour? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, when we recruit, that's that's something we bring up that yeah. that we're interested in working with with young players that want to use college to propel themselves to the tour. Um, we tell them there's a you know there's an expectation that you're going to go out and play on your own in the summer. Um, so. Yeah, you know, I think we, we also try to get our guys to futures in, in the fall, which which is something that we're able to do as well. Um, but, you know, I, I, as much as I appreciate kind of what, what you said, it's it's there's been a huge learning curve for me because I most of my coaching has been either one-on-one or working with the doubles team. And I, I had to learn a lot about how important culture is and just even just you know, the sort of the headspace that, that a student athlete is in, you know, I, I took a lot for granted in, in my first couple of years. And, and looking back, you know, I just, I, I underestimated how big of a, of a move it is for, for an 18 year old Frenchman, you know, to, to fly to Florida and get away from his family and, and how difficult it must be, you know, adjusting to everything in English and, um, and, you know, no surprise, he didn't have a great year or a great couple of years. And, um, yeah, it's, I, th- I think I think I've made some mistakes early on. And in our second year, we, we had a pretty rough go at it. Um, and but, you know, looking back, I'm, I'm glad that that happened because it did it did show me kind of how important the culture is and just how important sort of the relationships are and and just you know, checking in, having, having a lot of one-on-one conversations. And I mean, and there's still every season I learn, I learn new things. And, um, 
you know, I mean, every, every, everyone receives information differently. And you just, I think it's, it's on the coach to understand that. And for us to adapt to, to the student athletes rather than the other way around. Um, it, Cause at the end of the day, it's, you know, it's, it's about getting the best out of them and what, what gives you the best chance of doing that? You know, what, 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 what do they need to hear right now? Not, not what do I want to say? Um, you know, what, what words give them the best chance of, of, you know, having a good session or, or turning this match around or whatever it is. Um, that's a unique part of college tennis is you're actually there with the, with the guys kind of when they're battling and you can, you can sit down and, and talk to them and, and just getting them into kind of a, a good aggressive sort of free space is, 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 is a huge challenge, but it's a huge piece of the puzzle. Um, so just, you know, almost sort of giving them permission to, to lose, if, if you will. I mean, it's, it sounds, it sounds crazy, but I think the best athletes in the world are also the best at losing. They, cause they just understand that they, everything has sort of been front loaded. They've done the work, they're going to compete hard and then they just at peace with sort of whatever happens. You know, I, I liked what Pliskova said, um, whatever trophy I ended up with, you know, this, this tournament was going to be a huge success. That is so true. I've never thought of it that way. That is so, so true. Um, you are a big time program. You know, you've got, you've had a lot of success and you must get a lot of emails from athletes wanting to come there. Um, when you're looking through the players, what are some red flags for you with the recruiting part? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. Um, you know, I think red flags. I mean, I prefer to, I prefer to talk about what, what we're looking for. Let's um, go with that. Let's go not, with that. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, we're looking, looking for kids that, that, that work hard, that really put a premium on work ethic, on, on competing, you know, sort of a growth mindset, very curious. Um, I think parenting is huge. You know, what sort of relationship the parents have had, you know, with, with their kids, you know, what, what's the relationship like with winning and losing? Um, you know, I think you've, you've got to, got to be out there competing a lot, playing a lot of matches, you know, taking a lot of losses. Um, not too many. I mean, you want, I think the the French sort of have a great system and they, they say, yeah, they, they, they want their guy, their juniors winning about 65% of the matches. Um, Cause I, I, I do think that you have to learn how to lose um, and you've got to hopefully have the mindset that the losses give you valuable feedback. They show you where, where you need to get better. They show you where you're vulnerable. Um, so yeah, you know, we, the sort of culture we're trying to get is, is one that's just, it's based on, you know, hard work. Um, it's, it's based on, you know, there's a, there's a lot of curiosity as well, you know, where we're willing to sort of try new things, um, which means mistakes will be made. You can't, you can't be afraid of, yeah. of making mistakes. Um, and, you know, there's a camaraderie there. We, we, we want to enjoy our tennis. You know, I tell the guys that if somebody was walking by, we want them to almost be drawn in to just to stop because they feel that you know, something significant is happening. And then once they watch, it's almost like they want to just grab a racket and join us because it's clear that there's a bunch of guys just having a lot of fun. They're doing, they're exactly where they need to be yeah. like in this, in this world. Um, 
so yeah i mean it's are we there yet no it's we're not um we've got some work to do i think culture is always a fluid thing um you've always got new guys kind of coming in and but hopefully you know the culture it gets to a point where it just just kind of absorbs the new the new players and they the behaviors of the of the team quickly um you know, impart themselves on on the on the freshmen. Um, I, I tell guys that um, you know, Trip Phillips is is a former doubles partner of mine, and he's he's at UNC, and he tells me stories about how you know every year that or, or every few years they have sort of like a, a walk on guy who gets to forty or fifty in the world, sort of a great story, and it's it's because the guy is always doing extra work, and and you know uh, the freshmen will get will sort of get taken by a junior and the junior will say, Hey, we're going to do some extra sessions. We're going to do some extra fitness. And, and, and then when that freshman becomes a junior, you know, he's doing the same thing to the, to the freshman and it's just getting passed down. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's kind of the, the vision. Um, and, you know, it's a family, it's a family atmosphere where we're playing hard for each other um you know we we're very connected to the community we're connected to our past to the to the former student athletes um you know and we 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 feel a sense of of pride in kind of representing something much bigger than ourselves i think i think that's the beauty of college tennis is because it's not an easy life i mean you, you you sacrifice a lot you i mean the life of a professional athlete is is hard and we're essentially asking these guys to do that as well as study. And, and for many of them, they're studying in a second language. So yeah. I mean, it's a pretty, pretty challenging, demanding four years. So you've got to be very clear on, on your why and your purpose. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we all like winning and, and that, that will motivate you, but I think it's got to go much further than that. And you've just got to, you've got to kind of, have that connection to each other, to the community, to the university. You know, gratitude is is a is a central theme. You just, you know, it's it's so easy just to, to just to get spoiled and and um, but you know, it's, we try just try to look at the other side of it, and 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 that's something that we 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 try to train. I try to as often as I can. I'll tell the guys, hey, just list three things that you're grateful for today, and. It, you know, it could be just nice weather. You know, Florida has nice weather. You know, it could be you got some some new Adidas gear, whatever it is. But you know, try to have some awareness of every time you get sent away, or you know, every every day you, you're getting to practice because you know someone else is sort of funding this thing. It's, it's, these are state state dollars, tax dollars that are going to you know tennis doesn't create any revenue, so. Um, you know, people, we're getting paid as coaches, there's strength trainer, you know, we're sending you guys on trips, we're giving you equipment. It's, it's, it's quite an expensive, I mean, any tennis player knows it's, it's, it's an expensive business. So, you know, the, the least you can do is sort of have an awareness of that. And, and hopefully, you know, that, that just makes you kind of push a little bit harder when, when things get tough. One thing I really like about the college system is that everything's there for you to succeed. You're setting yourself up for success. You just got to take that opportunity. And those that have done that, you see where they're at right now. I mean, look, Cameron Norrie, he went to TCU for one year, right? Did really, really great. Um, but, you know, he got all the gear, but he had to he had to step on the court and put on the work and he did. 
and it's paid off. Riley Opelka. Uh, there's been some other great professionals, you know, uh, Mackenzie McDonald. Out of, I think he went, he went out of UCLA and now he's like top 100 in the world. All these yeah. guys, like, you hear stories about them and they say, you know, college tennis taught them discipline. It taught them discipline. They had to, it wasn't about themselves. They, whatever they did affected the whole team. Um, so they had, they understood that pretty quickly. And they said, you know, there was less pressure, but, you know, everyone was working really hard. One thing I do notice about athletes is that when they go to college and then they come out of the college system, the mentality on competing is so different compared to guys that have just went straight into the pro tour. Do you see that quite often? Like attitudes change? Um, I'm sorry. Are you saying that if you played college tennis, you, you would compete better than... If you haven't, is yeah, that what I mean? yeah, especially just in the younger guys that are like 18, 19 years old. Yeah, I think I think college tennis teaches you to 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 not let yourself off the hook. You know, you just it's so easy when you're playing as a junior or a pro and you're playing 25 or 30 events a year just to just to pack it in. And it might only be four or five times a year, but you just you might be beat, getting beaten, you're down a set and a break, and it's just it's just not my day. It's windy, what, yeah. whatever. I mean, if you're looking, if you, if you want to find a reason to to say it's too hard, you don't have to look very hard. I mean, there's that. You've, I think most of us have that inner dialogue going that it it it, it tends to find reasons to to not succeed. Um, I think we're just humans are wired like that. So, but I when that happens in the college environment, hopefully you're not let off the hook, you know, hopefully, you know, people, people will kind of hold you accountable for it. And I mean, it's not, I'm not saying you, you, you punish somebody, but you just, you, you bring awareness to it that, Hey, that's, that's not good enough. You know, your teammates have to be able to look down and see that when you're down a set and a break, like, you're doing everything you can to try to kind of flip that to try to change momentum and you know as long as you're doing that and you shake hands like that you know that that's fine i mean we're always going to be okay then we just we, we go to the the learning sort of reflecting we'll, we'll watch the tape and we'll see you know what, what we need to adjust or where we could have played done better but you know i think that's that's sort of the the, the yardstick for for kind of a successful program, I think, is 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 what do you look like when things aren't going well? You know, can we, if 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 the scoreboards were down, you know, can we look up and down and just see guys that are that are really just fighting unconditionally until the end? I mean, and I mean, I think everybody says that. You ask guys, hey, what do you want to be known as? And they, most players will say, I want to be, we want to be a nightmare to play against a team that never goes away, um, but you know, it's easy to be, everybody wants to be a beast until it's time to be a beast. Like, you know, it's, 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 it's easier said than done. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's our job as coaches just to instill that sort of culture that, Hey, you know, it's, it's okay to lose, you know, you're going to, you're going to lose plenty of matches. Um, it's, it's how you lose that. Yeah. That's what we're holding you accountable for. Yeah. Totally, totally agree with you. Well, Coach, thank you so much for your time. Um, I really appreciate it. I think this gives a lot of people um, a good introduction into who you are, how you like to run your program, what you guys are about. 
And I think what you're doing is absolutely amazing. I can't wait to get you a Kiwi. I need to find you a strong stud to get, get you over there. Um, but yeah, no, I really appreciate it. This will be uploaded to YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. Um, if you guys want to know a little bit more about Coach Fisher and the USF program, follow them on Instagram, Facebook, check out their website as well. Um, there's some great information online and also go on YouTube, check out the campus. Um, it's absolutely brilliant. As Coach said, it's a big school. It's massive. It's on the big end of the college system. So if you want to be in a big school and nice weather and compete hard and, and have the opportunity of potentially becoming a pro, there's you guys. Thank you so much for your time, Coach. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for, for doing this. Um, it's great that you're just educating um, young young tennis players and, and giving them kind of some, some better tools to, to make. It's an important decision where where you want to go and spend four years of your life. So thank you for what you're doing. I appreciate it. And um, yeah, we definitely need to get you to New Zealand to uh, to watch a rugby game or something. So we'll keep in touch about that. Okay, mate. All the best. Cheers. Thank you. You're welcome.